It's The Job Pod with your host, Elijah Drown. A career advice podcast for you. Search The Job Pod wherever you love to listen to podcasts. Another day exciting with you, Anne. I'm talking about more things and diversity and and really getting into, um, this is one's interesting, getting inside your head, literally. Excited. Oh, Thanks for joining. Scary. Uh, you might you might be careful what you wish for. Yeah. Yeah. People usually uh, get scared when they start thinking as about half as much as I do because my thoughts are always going. So getting to equity consciousness is is pretty cool because there's so many different things that uh, are are underneath this term uh, to mm-hmm. discover, which is neat. Are you excited? Yeah. yeah, I am excited. Absolutely. I um it you know how you ponder things or like the way that my brain operates is I ponder things, um, over amounts of time and different things influence that until it feels just right. And, um, I'm a huge researcher, love reading, um, love qualitative research, quantitative. I survived in my grad classes and I appreciate it. Um, but I would not call myself a quantitative research by na- researcher by nature. So um, equity consciousness itself really allowed me to get back into a lot of the research and information on how we develop. Human development was always really, um, I was intrigued by it. Uh, growing up. And then when the neurosciences came into play, um, that just caught me. I I was hooked. And so the bringing equity and consciousness together um, came from, you know, C stands for systematic equity edits. Mm -hmm. And it's because I saw so many, um, so many areas for improvement in different systems that uh, evolve around equity. And so then on the lines of equity itself, um, I looked at those levels of consciousness and intentions because I'm always a person with the glass half full. And um, I don't, I know that not everyone approaches life in that way. And so I was like, well, you know, let's, let's look at it as Um, maybe we don't have that awareness. Maybe the unconscious areas of our biases or of our world are coming into play. So um, that's where equity consciousness came from, looking at that research from Freud and from Konorsky and um, current work as well and bringing in that, that need for us to really look at how are our systems getting us the results that we're having with regards to um, diversity and inclusion. Cool. That's it. We started getting equity edits with see things differently uh, yesterday, or or let's say the last episode, whenever you choose to listen to this. And, and that's fine. But then you started to talk about analysis. And then I found the teaser test from 22. And this is neat because uh, in corporate, I see a whole bunch of data uh, presented at me. And it's pretty good visual. It looks like you've interviewed or, or asked questions about almost 200 people. And there's, there's kind of interesting, I guess, quantitative results that come up and, and maybe you've teased a full report from pilot groups someday, but uh, we'll look forward to that. But for now, looks like 60% of people 
um, maybe there's some sort of deficiency in the culture or the way they think about things. Uh, that's is that surprising to you, or is that just yeah, no kidding? Yeah, it's it's actually um, it's actually lower in the 2022 study than in the 2021. Um, oh. It's a multi-year study, and so right now I've released the infographics for each, and I'm like working on the analysis for the report. And so when we look at, you know, people are like, well, we should be celebrating that if it's like 60% instead of closer to 80%. Um, But you have to remember the same people are not taking this assessment. It's different people still globally from um, all but one continent. Um, But what, what I think about when I hear that is that we really need to work on what we know about cultures and how we can value. We, we, we seem to live in this, like I said, I, I approach things as glass half full, but we live in the society that it's like every man for himself. And when that happens, then we tend to belittle or marginalize others who aren't the same as us. And so I, I do think that What's nice is that people are willing to share that. And what's also nice is there's additional data that um, about believing we can change the world. The thing is, is that people just aren't sure how to do it. And so much is getting splashed across media that makes you feel like, okay, well, how am I going to learn how to do this differently when I um, don't have a safe place or a safe way to, to go about even challenging what I might believe or um, have within my my consciousness or unconsciousness. Do you think, do you think that relates to the um, rationalization in 21 and 22? wasn't far off from a majority of the people saying, you know what, this is why I'm going to make excuses. It's fine. Everything's just fine the way it is. And is that because people don't like to change or to to shift the way they think and they just want to kind of go about their way or why do you think that's so high that people just kind of make excuses for it? Yeah. So like with rationalization, it's about not having a firm foundation yourself on your beliefs. Hmm. So it's really about being more educated so that you can make your own decisions around um, your beliefs and your understandings when it comes to diversity and inclusion. Just to make absolutely clear that equity consciousness for people who don't know, you're really looking at a connection between race, geography, income, and and that sort of thing. Is there any other points that uh, should be included? That's kind of high level, right? What what all gets into um, getting inside the mind of, you know, that diverse condition? Yeah. So with the um, data results, I thought it was important to collect um, geographically where people are that are taking the um, teaser test. And then also how they identify when it comes to their race and their gender. Um, And then I also offered an opportunity for people to decline to report that as well. So um, those were elements that for me, when I look at things um, multi-year wise, if I am seeing pulling out data that is showing a more of a presence of something in North America than in Europe or in um, the um, 
Southern South America versus North America, um, we, I can pull more research that relates to those specific areas geographically. And then I thought it was also important because I do have a heart for women and the marginalization of women. And so I thought it was important to be able to pull out um, how women or those who identify as female are experiencing the, the teaser test and, and how they're um, working through their equity consciousness. Bear with me. I'm going to put you on the spot because I'm curious, based on your your quest to provide a voice and and all the research you've done with your nonprofit, do you did you find there is a difference um, or surprise um, in the information, or was there something that really stood out for you? Be like that that doesn't seem right. Is there a chance that's the case? Um, yeah, yeah, <laughs> there was a lot that first one that in 2021, um, there was a lot that stood out for me. There was a lot that was affirming. It was affirming that I'm on the right track doing this work because I'm approaching it in that quest to offer a safe environment and be able to hear everyone's voice. Even if I'm not in agreement with it, it's not about Anne's decision about what this should look like. It's about, um, like I said, giving that platform for the voice of others. So, so yes, there were um, some things that stood out. The high percentages stood out to me um, because you know and you see things on media, but then when you see it in numbers coming from people's voices themselves and saying, yeah, this is what I believe or this is what I um, am representing in relation to this, um, then that gives you the responsibility to tuck in and support and offer additional resources. So what happened with the 2021 study is I used that information and interacted with some of the people after they completed the teaser test, just out of default. People would email me and say, hey, I wish you had given me a um, fill in the blank here because I want to explain myself or I'm not liking the way you worded this question or that question. And and that's good to me. You know, I'm, I'm yeah. it's making them think and it's making them continue to ponder um, the topics of equity consciousness. So what I did was I then developed equity edits, the resources that go along with those results to help support people in being more equity conscious. And the resources help you take those tendencies. So if you had a high rating for your area of normalization um, and you choose to focus on that, because you can focus on any of the four tendencies, um, but if you choose whichever one you choose, it doesn't leave you in this hopeless state or this misunderstanding. It helps you to see how um, it could be marginalizing some of your behaviors. So there's language frames that take you from this is what I answered on the assessment. And then this is um, how I could be more encompassing of others, be more inclusive. Um, or this is how I um, interact because there's like discussion questions and video clips and things and um, and readings. And so it takes you from your own self-actualization of, oh, wow, this was just a learned behavior or this is something I grew up with. I'm not sure that it's what I expected to be a part of me. And now I'm better equipped 
to interact differently with people around me. It's a really interactive ebook, hey? This uh, mm -hmm. obviously, I don't want to say that you're biased. Obviously, uh, you'll love it, and that's that's to be expected. But uh, it's interactive. You got checklists. You got uh, takeaway notes. Uh, there's great graphics and information. Uh, pardon me for skimming. I, I caught yeah. the few notes before, but uh, it, it just keeps going. And I, I, I'm sorry to say that I missed a, a like good 30 pages of this. It, it's good 100 pages of resources with a whole bunch of smattering of different things. It's not just you telling somebody, this is what you have to do. Here's right. uh, an intentional purpose. Take the ebook, sit with it, enjoy it, and and figure out if you're more vulnerable in the open space. And if you don't like the way you sound, maybe you can do something about it. Right. Right. Absolutely. And, and the reason why there's so much there is because I wanted someone to be able to engage with it for 20 to 30 minutes, mm -hmm. if that's the amount of time they have. Um, Cause I was thinking, you know, com their commute home or um, conversation at dinner or um, like a professional learning community or uh, a part of a professional growth plan. And so I wanted there to be enough um, entry points for consideration so that you don't have to go front to back in order to be successful in altering the way that you approach equity consciousness. It's good to hear because for me, focusing isn't on my um, best thing. And I'm sure you're shocked talking to me that I'm all over the place and that's just how I'm wired. But this is nice to see that anybody can pick this up halfway through the book and just get into it, absorb what resonates with them, and then off they go. Yeah, yeah. And then there's also this relationship amongst each chapter that builds. So mm -hmm. it just makes you, um, or the design at least, my intention is for it to really make you want to go back into other information and fill in gaps. But it brings in a lot of the work from um, psychologies and um, social emotional well-being and mental health um, wellness to just offer a well-rounded approach for you to make your own decision of how you want to be as a human being. If you could pick any resource that you offer with see things differently, what is the hardest item to move the needle on, to make a difference on? What, where are people stuck and they just won't move uh, from that? Resource-wise or... Um, Anything you do with the nonprofit, uh, would it be resources or information or, or Anne itself, uh, just getting out there and sharing? Do you find with your experience, I guess, with people generally in, in this whole uh, quest, I say that you're on, um, is there something that you struggle with to, to get people to change their view on? Maybe I could word it differently. Okay. Um, actually, I found people to be very open um probably out of every 50 conversations there might be two or three that are just very close-minded um and i would say that it is more of that and and no offense but it it tends to come from caucasian men and um and this battering that they feel like they're experiencing with this um focus on diversity. And so just being an open ear and listening usually gives me a, a good entry point to at least leave some influence of thought. And I've 
I've not experienced really anyone that has been just like, um, totally turned off and, and not interested whatsoever. Um, I've always ended up having a amicable conversation that, you know, plant seeds and, and that's what the work is about. Not, ev not every day is going to be someone, um, going in and doing every resource that I provide. It's not intended that way. It's intended to, um, to plant the seeds for people to incorporate into, um, how they approach others. Have you ever had the desire to push a little bit, just do one of these, if you can see on camera, just one of these, whether it be an old white guy who resists change or not, do you want to just go in, lean in on that and try and get something out of them? Or do you worry that you're going to create a conflict and make more harm? Um, no, I'm not worried about creating a conflict that makes more harm. I'm okay with, um, with, with there being conflict. Like I'm okay. Like as an educator, a little cognitive dissonance is healthy, right? It's just not, not taking people to a point where there's no return. Right. And, and so there is a fine line and there is a point where you just, you know, you have to agree to disagree. And, um, and what I'm most proud of is being able to do so well equipped with the resources that I have and the opportunities that are on hand for others. Sometimes it takes creative problem solving. So is that when you give them the liberatory design deck and say, here, you're on your own? Um, well, actually, the, what I love about that deck is that it is, it is very um, language specific and challenges people's thinking. It's almost like uh, if you've ever done the table topics. I, I used to love doing table topic conversations when I have a large family and we would all get together for dinner and everyone would have a card. And it just opens up their perspective. And inevitably with with the deck, it's, um, it's a great place to start conversations. It's a great place to grow conversations and it's a great place to extend understandings and, um, help people, uh, reach out for resources to do more. I, I work with uh, universal design for learning, um, specifically in higher education now. Um, but I have experience in K-12 as well. And, there's a um, environment deck. Uh, it's called Spaces, Deck of Spaces. And it looks at how we design for inclusive spaces. And um, I'm working with a group of educators right now within the Universal Design for Learning Network um, for higher ed on looking at what practices in higher education are um, inclusive, which practices uh, support diversity or the diverse learners that are in, in the classrooms mm -hmm. and how do we communicate that? And we're looking at, um, building another deck for that because what's great about the deck versus a document is nothing is set in stone where it is stated as like, this has to come first when we're looking at D D E I B, you know, the whole like acronym of life is, it's getting the conversation started and being flexible and adding and, um, oh, we're not ready for this yet. And what I 
what I love about the decks is that they allow people to enter where they're at and grow and and make that relationship amongst what's on offer there too. It's almost like the positive affirmation cards that I see you pick up one and tell yourself something, I don't know, good about yourself, but this is, you know, recognizing oppression and other things and, and then it ask you why. And then you go through, it, the, the graphics are very simple and just laid out uh, well. It just provokes that thought, gets you going, and then you yeah. can move on to the next card. It's cool. Well, no, and what what's great about it too is that you might think one way one day and then you have a whole um, life of experiences or a time frame of experiences and you could come back to the deck and think you knew and then you would answer it in a little bit of a different way because you're growing and evolving. Hmm. That's neat. All right, mm -hmm. we'll continue evolving soon, Anne, and you'll get to tell us more about your nonprofit, uh, what, how that evolves from education into uh, maybe full-time. That'd be cool. Yeah, yeah. So um, what I did was I... You know, I was fortunate to be able to work in the capacity of serving students at all different levels in education. And I found myself facilitating, in fact, my, my PhD was in curriculum and instruction with the cognate, cognate in um, neurosciences, because I always held on to that human development, like I mentioned before. And I found myself facilitating problem solving for strategic planning for different districts and school boards and state members and wanted to know, like I just felt like I was hitting this wall in a way because there were so many initiatives that would come in that would alter the course. So I ended up going back and doing postdoctorate work in leadership and completed the um, graduate studies in, in educational leadership as well because it was really important for me to know um, what the backing was. Well, I just found myself like the mind, the the mind shifts, the mindsets were were hindering people. They had the talk, and then when it would go to go into action in improvement plans, quite often it would fall apart. So they didn't have the ownership of the people that needed to do the work for the change. And at the same time, um, you know, COVID started and, you know, who knew that that was going to take place? And I always had a home office, but had been living in hotels, traveling for work all the time mm -hmm. and really liked the amount of time I had extra to get back into the research and the work and, um, and decided that um, I, my, my family was just like, you're doing what? I decided that I would walk away from my very secure pension job and um, start the nonprofit. I just felt led to focus on those mind shifts and um, what it takes to support people in being more equity conscious. So that's how it came about, the, the step or the leap. Um, it was a leap of faith for me. Um, and I don't regret it at all. I, I don't regret it. I am meeting such incredible people. I'm getting to learn um, so much more. I feel like as much as I have to offer, I'm receiving that back tenfold with all of the incredible people that I learn. Even 
that I, they, that I learned from because I learn from people that don't think like me too. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that I'm only learning or thinking of um, positive relationships from people who are doing the same work as me and um, who think the same way as me. I'm learning just as much from people who have had a different background and different approach and um, are bringing that challenge to the table of, well, how can we put humanity center? People don't like cliffhangers, but uh, they're going to have to wait. That's a perfect chance to to tease people right there. And, and you clearly love it. You do. Uh, I love this chat, clearly. Um, and I'm now going to learn about how I can learn about equity, edits, the consciousness, and, and getting those things ingrained out of me and hope for the best. But this has been great, Anne. Thank you. Thank you. Anne Risto, founder of the nonprofit See Things Differently, educating people on how they can get out of their thought bubble, see people differently, just love each other. No matter if you have visible or invisible ability, just appreciate people for who they are. That's what Anne's all about. Behind the beauty of diversity is episode one of this magic mini-series. Also, get your mind moving, excited about seeing people differently and why it matters. All the resources are available to see things differently. Show notes, description, linky links, check it out. Next episode is behind the scenes. Why it all started, the story about how Anne saw somebody differently in grade school, became best friends, dropped her CEO job like cold turkey. I'm Elijah. This is the Job Pod. Thank you so much for lending me your ears today. It's muchly appreciated. I hope you got something out of this. A little aha moment, learned something new with Anne Risto today. See you soon.